Welcome to the World of Koth Players podcast, where we discuss old-school role-playing from the player's perspective. I'm Legitimate Mustard, I play Ferrum, and I'm here tonight with... I'm Exploding Kitten, I play Evelyn. I'm Cognac, and I play Jazz. I'm Vig, I play the vivacious elven cleric magic user. And I'm Kel Ronan, and I play Aaron Cole. Excellent. So in the last session, um, we headed south out of that uh, room that we had kind of sheltered in. There was some in-between session stuff that the DM kind of streamlined for us, and so most everybody kind of got some hit points back from rest and from using using healing spells. So everybody was kind of in okay shape when we left the room. We headed south. Um, we found a lot better construction very quickly. Um, the room, the rocks didn't look like they had any tool marks, which was very strange. It almost looked like they were grown in place, and it was newer construction than the rest of the complex, but inside of the complex. So um, that was very odd that newer stuff could be inside of older stuff. Um, Vig opened a door and got shot quite a lot by some arrows um, that were shot by some skeleton warriors. Ferrum, Jazz, and Evelyn turned them to dust pretty quickly, but but Vig really took the brunt of that. Um, Urkel was able to heal Vig back to zero hit points, um, but then he kind of ran out of out of healing options, so he gave Vig uh, a three x like a three times dose of um, what ended up being essentially speed, and so Vig was returned to one hit point, um, but he's kind of like. He's out of his mind, and he's high. Um, what this means is he can go to negative five hit points before he'll crash, which will be very bad if that happens. Um, he'll probably die if that happens. And probably coming down off of this could be really bad, too. So I'm hoping that we don't have to experience that and that we get him some help before that happens. Um, we explored quite a bit. We found a storeroom. We found two bedrooms. Um, we found a lab that belonged to a Sage of Anor. We also found a summoning circle that had some sort of creature in it. Um, it had apparently been stuck in the summoning circle for some time. Um, it reacted to light. There were two um, orbs that had continual light spells cast on them. And as long as the creature was in the light, um, it was not able to manifest itself. So it's probably a creature of some sort of darkness. Um so that was interesting. Uh, we kind of snuck around that and went around. Um, we found a secret passage that went from the first intersection that we had come to once we entered the complex to the chamber that had those skeleton warriors in it. And that's probably how the hunter was moved through the this complex uh, without us being able to see um, tracks and also um, without setting off like that pit trap that we had found earlier. Um, so the party was searching this, this lab that belonged to the Sage of Anor, and Ferrum was kind of watching out the door and noticed something interesting. I think it was Jazz who came out and kind of looked with him, and the party has now recognized that there is a gelatinous cube in the hallway to the south of the room that they're in, and the party may be trapped into this, um, into this lab by this gelatinous cube. And that's where we ended the session. Um, any anybody have any comments right off the top? Uh, 
Can I just say that I'm super excited that we're seeing a gelatinous cube? Me too. They are maybe my number two favorite D&D creature. <laughs> I love gelatinous cube because overall, they're not that dangerous. Except for the first party member that stumbles into it. Exactly. Then everyone else goes, oh... You've been swallowed by basically a dissolving cube of see-through jello, and you're floating there. Okay, we're just going to stay out of the way and kill it. Yep. <laughs> so it's it, 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 that's, but they're not really that dangerous. Other well, than the first one, they're pretty slow. I mean, this one has a. I, I did some metagaming. I read the uh, the monster manual on this, and in AD and D, um, gelatinous cube has a movement rate of six, which right now is probably matching a couple of members of our party because we're. We're heavily encumbered at this point with all of the the stuff that we found um, at the Harpy Nest and at the, um, the the weird family's place. And also in here, we found a lot of stuff. We're carrying so many things. Um, so yeah, everybody's pretty well encumbered. Um, and I think that a couple of us are probably going to have trouble outpacing uh, the gelatinous cube. Now... That's not such a huge deal. As long as you're ahead of it and it doesn't catch up with you, you're okay. If it catches up with you, not so good. So All I want to do is, is it be acidic? the second slowest runner. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh. Yeah, it's totally acidic. I mean, if you get swallowed by it, A, you can't breathe, you can't move, you're smothered, but it starts to dissolve you. Basically think of it as a gelatinous see-through stomach. So I have been doing quite a bit of metagaming on this and um, reading some forums and stuff. So there's a debate. This is kind of an interesting thing. There's a debate in the the very nerdiest um, recesses of D&D forums about whether gelatinous cubes are acidic or basic. Um, it's not actually spelled out in the um, in any of the documentation from uh, from Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, or from Wizards of the Coast, or um, any of the the um, the creative forces that are behind this. What is said is that it's caustic. So, whether it's a strong acid or a strong base or some other thing entirely is not actually spelled out. However, in the monster manual, it does say um, acid, but. I don't know that acid necessarily means absolutely it's acid. So I've always taken it as it is acidic as an absolute in the, all the years I've been playing. That's the way I think of it too. But um, the very, very nerdy people in on the internet uh, are in disagreement on that. And it's a really fascinating um, discussion to read through the logical leaps that they're making and um, some of the, um, the, the the thought processes that they're going down are really kind of interesting. So if you if you want to be really nerdy and you want to spend like a half hour looking through that, I encourage it. It's pretty pretty wild. Well, uh, technically we are in an area, and if this had been limestone, and if it is a walking blob of hydrochloric acid, it should be bubbling along the walls. It should, yeah. It should, but it's not. Nope. So basically, well, it it might have a lipid edge. I'll go with that. Isn't if something's like basic, can't that be kind of have a worse reaction than acidic? Like, uh, depends on like how strong lie? it is. Yeah, lye yeah. is a very strong base, so yeah, that could be real bad. It, if you wanted to dispose of a body and the bones properly and, and deflesh it, lye works very well. So either way, depending on the strength and the potency of this cube, 
we could be screwed. Uh, it's. I mean, it would be very, very bad to be in contact with the cube. You don't want to touch the cube. Hmm. Now, the cool thing is that our um, our game master um, really likes it if we come up with creative solutions. So, because we can read the the, the monster manual, and because it says acidic, if we then make the assumption that this thing is acidic and we were to use strong bases to neutralize it, he would probably find that to be a really interesting solution to the problem and would um, would like that sort of a, that kind of a thinking solution rather than a fighting solution. Yes, oh, but yeah. what would our Most characters definitely. have on us that would be basic in nature? We probably don't have much, but there was a storeroom. Um, and so there might be, you know, some cooking supplies. Um, you know, there might be baking powders or baking sodas, that sort of thing. Um, there was a bunch of spices, so you know there could be things in there that we could could use. Um, soap is uh, made from lye. It generally has a little bit of lye left in it, especially if it's used if it's made using older methods. The the lye doesn't get fully neutralized, so. Um, really old school soap can kind of sting on the skin a little bit, and that's because it has lye in it. Cool. And it's not so cool. What was, the, what was that al- alcove that we found in the library that had the chest in it? What was that made out of? The alcove? Oh, yeah. Um, I I don't know. I thought it was just the same same construction, just a smaller room. He said that it was older stone. He said that it seemed similar... I, I remember something different about it, the makeup of that room. Interesting. Um, it was hidden, right? That was the one that was hidden behind the um, the shelves in the in the library. Yes. Um. I, I don't know. I I didn't catch anything on that. Does anybody else hear that detail? Mm-mm. Negative. No. Okay. Nope. Um. Well, I'll go back and listen to the um to the recording and see if I can find that but um, I don't I don't recall what, what the difference was there speaking about going back like what do you think this gelatinous cube was trained for because we were inferencing that the mages was training it to do something so yeah let's go back and let's talk that through a little bit um, so we found some documentation in this library or in this lab that um, a sage of Anor stole a bunch of information from the great library. Is it the great library? Is that what it's called? Yes. Okay. So a sage of Anor stole quite a bit of information and a gelatinous cube and his, um, understudy, um, from the sages of Anor and the great library and fled to, um, this area and found this, this tomb and set up shop in there. And to me, it sounds like, um, this was, this was put together as a place to to study and to um, this this sage was trying to learn how to extend their life, um, maybe without becoming a lich, which would be an evil process or an evil transition. Um, so maybe this wasn't an evil sage, but they were trying to extend their life somehow um, using magic or something. I would say any form of life extension could be would by definition be considered evil. I think that depends on 
who your god is, right? Well, it also depends on the method, too, right? I mean, it's if you're using necromancy, sure, but if you have a philosopher's stone and if you hold on to it and it makes you younger or stay the same age, it's not evil. Either way, it is going to have to, if we look at historically within D&D, it is going to have to take the life force from something to transfer it to you. And that, by definition, would be an evil act. And our our, our game master likes to have consequences like that, so... Sure. Um, you can't have something from nothing in his world. so Yeah, that's true. So that's interesting to think about. But I think that the, at least from my interpretation of it, was the gelatinous cube was meant to be kind of a, a security system for this, this place. This sage knew that they had stolen things from the Great Library and that it was possible that others would come and try to recover this stuff. And so the gelatinous cube was there to kind of protect this person from that kind of retribution that's my my assumption at least yeah i have i have another question about neutralizing this beast um what are books like what happens when you mix acid and books are are books made out of bases i don't know page of paper it should be actually parchment Oh, it's yeah. either par- parchment or linen, depending on the type. Well, paper so is I, 6.0, so it's slightly acidic? Yeah. Basically, it'll dissolve any books that we have. They do. And the so, only thing that you end up floating in these are pieces of metal. Do we do we know if there's limestone down here? Um, Farah might, if he were to actually analyze the stuff. Um, the lime, there is limestone in the the other part of the the uh, the tomb, not in this portion. This portion is granite, but in the other portion there was limestone. So, okay, we could use that. Could be useful. That, yeah, that could be useful. But we'd have to get to that portion. And right now we're in a situation where I think we're kind of um, we're kind of trapped where we're at right now. The good news is we're we're in a room. The library that we're in has a, a door that the the um, GM described as sealing fairly tightly, and the room that we're in has dust and clutter, which means that the gelatinous cube probably didn't go into this room. The other good news is that just to the north of us is a bedroom that we just um, that we just searched. I think we may have left the door open to that bedroom, and it was in a similar situation. So it may be possible to allow the gelatinous cube to go past this room that we're in by closing and blocking the door, waiting until it passes, let it go into the bedroom, close that door, and seal it in. It may be possible. That would be really great if that were a viable solution. I assume that's not a viable solution, but it might be. It's a dumb moving blob of jello that's going to be attracted to life or basically things it can digest. We just keep out of its way and walk around and walk out, and we're good. Yeah. Throw a wine bottle. Exactly. I have some nasty mead. Yeah. There we um, go. We might want to throw some sand about in it. it. Yeah. That be it would hurt more. Well, I mean, um, we we could at least it. like see it if there were sand. Oh. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that would work. Yeah, what toss so them. you guys were talking about earlier, maybe getting it to eat the darkness monster thing yeah i i thought back on that and when um when the summoning circle was described there was dust inside the circle 
So I think that the gelatinous cube has been avoiding going inside the summoning circle for some reason or another. Um, so we couldn't lure it in? We couldn't. It's probably trained not to. And even if it weren't, if it went into that summoning circle, it'd probably scrub the floor clean while doing so. That was the other thing that I was concerned about is what if we lured it into that room and it scrubbed the summoning circle off of the, <sighs> off of the floor? Um, that'd be real bad. And, and if it did summon a lot of demons, a lot of demons are immune to acid damage a lot of them and so it would just kind of sit there and go oh look i'm surrounded by goo and start tossing chunks of it at us yeah i could just see that happening so i don't know what this demon is for or or why it's there does anybody have any ideas about that it's there to distract the stupid ass group of gamers who have periodically gone murder hobo and basically broken every summoning circle at every possibility and killed everything else (laughs) That's what it's there for in every previous campaign. That sounds actually pretty reasonable. (laughs) (sighs) And we're not acting true to form. Yeah, we haven't done very much murder, murder, wow, murder hoboing this campaign. Most of these monsters normally has a deeper meaning for. So, yeah, I I, I I think we. I don't think we, I will say I don't think we have a deeper meaning here. I think we wandered into a place we're not supposed to be yet. So this is the DM just going, okay, you're not supposed to be here. So I'm going to have some fun with doing nothing else other than tossing things that if you guys don't contemplate on leaving, they will stomp you. Do you you think this thing could have like information maybe? We could bargain with it? I do believe so. Um, th- that's what this. Uh, I think that that's what the documentation in the library said that the sage was using it for. Um, I have to assume that you don't get information from a demon without quite a cost. Yeah. Hey, Petter, come on in, Petter. Oh, Petter like would Petter. not like that. Yeah. <laughs> but it would be so entertaining. Okay, Vig will walk out in his foppish hat and and lead Petter in by his hand, saying, Petter, we have something for you, please. Can I do it, please? Please, can I? I'm can not going to tell Petter that Everyone's there's a... Everyone's pretty mad at Kathis, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Even not going to tell bad him. for him. Who... Even if his brother were down... was down here, he would have gotten gone by already by this cube but doesn't have his brothers in it because we would have seen it right yep it would take a few days for it to fully dissolve and then it would eject it somewhere so here's the other purpose well i'll say here's the other purpose of this wandering cube we've been looking for footprints yeah yeah and this wandering cube footprints gone so we see dragging marks though somewhere not not from, not once did. the cube went over. Oh, maybe I just assumed that someone opened the door and then dr- drug him into the um, into the the side door, the trap door. That's possible. There is a there is a passageway that goes from the like entry intersection to the room that had the skeleton warriors in it. So the brother may have been pulled through there. So I've been mapping this um, as we go and kind of drawing a map and. Um, from what I can tell, there are two rooms that we haven't been in yet. One of them, I don't have any idea what it is, and the other one is the room that had multiple crypts in it, but was really poorly built and was partially obstructed. 
Um, so I think that those are the only two places in this in this complex that we haven't been yet. Now, the one that we haven't seen at all is probably where the gelatinous cube came from. Um, so it's possible that the brother is down there. Um, and it's also possible that there's, you know, a staircase or something or some way to another another level or something in that room. Um, but we haven't, you know, I don't, I don't know that that's the case, but it, it sure could be. Um, but I think we're very close to having seen all of this complex, or at least put eyes on it. We haven't really explored it very carefully, um, but part of that's because we're on a rescue mission, not an exploratory or, um, you know, archaeological mission. Although I think Urnkel would be really happy to spend a lot of time in here very carefully checking things. Oh, absolutely. There is a there is a place that we haven't gone yet, though, and that's the direction that the gelatinous cube came from. We haven't encountered him until now, and we went through almost the entire complex. The only place he could have been is... Well, there, there are notes that mention another lower level, right? Yeah, I, there are. Um, I hope that there's not, but there, there sure could be. If there are, we're in real bad shape because everyone's hurt at this. Well, not everyone, but most people are hurt quite a bit. So, You're hurt. <laughs> Ferrum's hurt well, quite badly. It seems that we're going to try to get out of this place, given seeing that we have the... Seeing that there's a gelatinous cube, uh, our, probably our party's going to run from it. That or if we can trap it somewhere, like actually trap it in a room... Um, that would be really great because then we would have we would know where it is, we would be able to to move freely. We wouldn't have to worry too much. But I don't know if that's going to happen. Just stay out of its five foot pseudopods. Yeah. What um, what distance? What stops the thing from even being able to eat through the door? Uh, these were pretty good doors, as as I recall. They were described as being um, like a metal. A metal door, um, and we know that the gelatinous cubes don't tend to be able to dissolve metal. And we are also told that they fit very well all around, so there were no gaps for the cube to go through, which leads me to think they were specifically built to be cube-proof. I think that's probably a good good bet. Well, there's, I guys... think there's got to be something in these rooms that can stop it, but... Sorry, go ahead, Evelyn. Where do you guys think Petter is at, the, at this point? Do you still think he's at the entrance waiting for us? It's I, been over a day. I think he is, unless something happened to him. And the probability that something happened to him in this game is high. So, yeah. You mean our little wolf boy showing back up? That could happen, yep. Mm-hmm. I'm a little surprised that he hasn't come looking for us. I am too. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't think that there's anything that would have got that would have tripped him up too bad at this point, unless uh, unless he found that secret door, but I don't know that he would have. So. No, but us missing for over a day in here, I mean, that's be very weird for him. He wouldn't just stand out there, I don't think. Well, yeah. He yeah, it has also... been over a day now. Has not. It has been, yeah. He may have also been able to go up on top of the compound and actually listen through the hollow uh, 
the hollow trees and actually hear where we're at. Um, it's a possibility. Did you know if Ferrum could tell if those hollow trees were made out of limestone or granite? Um, they were hard enough that his axe didn't just cut them, so I'm going to make the assumption that they're granite. Ah. They were of the same construction. I think I think the GM said that they were of the same construction as the the blocks or the the stone with un with, with no tool marks, which would be the granite. So Yeah, that would do it. So what about that? Um how did that stuff get made? Is that something that Sages of Anor are just like really good at? They just like make make stone out of out of nothing? Well, um Uncle thinks that it has been shaped at least by arcane forces. And uh yeah, I'm I'm not sure how it would happen. Um Urncole doesn't have any specialty in that. But you want me to meta for that? Yeah. <laughs> Shape stone. Yeah, okay. <laughs> what level spell is that approximately? I think that was a level level five spell, wasn't it? Uh, I can check really quick. Yeah. I mean, it depends. Uh, for clerics, it's different than for arcane spellcasters, but we're pretty sure he's arcane. So for a druid, that is a level... That's a third level. Um, for magic users, it's a fifth level. And... Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So that wouldn't actually be, hmm, wouldn't actually be that high of a level of magic user. I'm a little bit surprised by that. Um, I had expected it to be somewhere around eight, nine, ten ish. Especially if it was someone who were contemplating extending their life at at that point, I would assume that they would have been a little higher. But interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, the guy probably wasn't that skilled in the first place. Otherwise, he wouldn't have needed to steal anything from the library. That is that is a good point. Yeah. Why would a sage steal? Um, that's kind of odd, isn't it? I mean, it happens because the library isn't just free access to everybody. There are there are limits to the amount of information you're allowed to get out of it, uh, and you had to put equal amounts of information back in. So he just didn't have much to contribute, and uh, might have even been a page in the library or something interesting um isn't that like a core tenet of um sages of anor though that they they want to collect information and contribute to the greater knowledge of of the sages well to collect the information yes but contributing to the greater knowledge of the sages that's really just lip service for half of them okay so is it about having power by having knowledge for many of them? For many of them, it's about, uh, at least for the ones who believe in Anor, it's about having something after you die to go to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So, so this one yeah. may not have believed in Anor if he was concerned about extending his life or his or her yeah. life. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. And what would a well? I guess Sages of Anor would 
wouldn't really have any qualms about dealing with demons, would they? Not, not particularly. It's about making sure the trade is even. But other than that, no, not particularly. The trade well, isn't generally we saw, even. We saw a... <laughs> Wasn't it a half demon last um, campaign? Yes. That was the sage. Yes. Or she half devil? I think demon. I think she was actually half devil, but. Devil. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, all people. She was a sage because they wanted to know more about her. I'm pretty sure. And that was kind of the same reason that um, sages had kind of recruited Valor in previous uh, campaign. Is he was unique. And so they wanted to collect him, to study him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, that girl was daughter of the big demon guy. I forgot what his name was. It's like Asimov or something. Asimov. He was the hot demon, and then there was an ugly demon. <laughs> Are you thinking of Asmodeus? Just a minute. Yes, Asmodeus. We have... Oh, one. dang it. I was really happy that you're, you they named the demon Asimov. Okay. No, well, no. It's like <laughs> yeah, that. fine, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that book's on my mind. Um, <laughs> yep. But that's the that's the person that Nessa was trying to help out. Or he was pretty much in control with her. I still don't know what really the difference between the devil and the demons were because... He seemed more like a devil, but people referred to him as a demon, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't really but have a good handle Asmodeus, on it. Asmodeus, rather, is a devil, I believe. Yeah. Isn't so... he? Probably, yeah. Because if he was... But yeah, he's... Yeah. Um, anyway, we are at our time at this point um is there any other any other details that you want to cover before we before we wrap this up we got we got really cool stuff we did get some really cool stuff um, some of us did i got a chain with some lumbar bones on it which i thought was really weird because i found it at the bottom of a pile and so it must have had some kind of heat for me to be able to see it or something i don't know it's a really weird find it was actually colder than the rest of it. Yeah, I think that was, was that was it. Yeah. Weird. Ferrum got half dead, um, so that's what he got out of this. So. Yeah. <laughs> that seems to be a Ernful common theme a... for your your characters. Yeah. We're still looking Ernful? around a bunch of coins. We are. I have Ferrum has coins, literally everywhere, um, and I don't know exactly what that means. But it says on my on my items, my inventory that I have coins literally everywhere. So. Oh my. <laughs> so, so basically, we need to found copper. we need to found an empty tube. We need to found some saltpeter, a potassium nitrate, some sulfur. Well, you can get together. You can get uh, potassium nitrate from probably the books in the wood down here because they were in wet. They were wet. Oh, right. So, yep. So, yeah. what would happen if we used all of our copper, made a homemade blunderbuss, and shot it at the gelatinous cube with copper pieces? I think the DM would call the shenanigans and say that the gelatinous, gelatinous cube explodes on top of you. Or, even better, you just 
the thing fa- fizzles because you don't know the proper ratios. Yeah, unless we can find a, an alchemy book in the uh, the library in here that has a recipe for for that. I am sure. Come on. Uh, come on, Evelyn, you're a ranger. You know how to you should know how to make things go boom from your ranger skills. And Vig has the knowledge of the expansive elven knowledge, and they knew how to make things go boom. And the dwarves knew how to make things go boom. That's Ferrum. That's true. And Ferrum's a soldier, so there's Yeah. We have three things here that would know how to make things go boom. <laughs> I am concerned. So, we last time we separate or we uh we cut apart a uh, uh, a jelly. Uh, we ended up with multiple jellies, all of them attacking Ferrum. <laughs> well, here we're not going to cut it up. We are going to make an explosive. We're going to like use a tube, set it up, walk away with a long fuse so it doesn't blow up at us, and shoot copper pieces into this jelly. Which is the worst case. It'll take damage, and then we'll see these floating copper pieces in the air, and we'll know exactly where it is. Or it'll blow up this this structure and it'll all collapse on us just like a fireball. That's never happened, has it? Never, ever, never happened. Never. I don't never know happened. how we would come up with a problem with that situation. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, and with that, I think we're we're pretty well over time. So I think that um, maybe now is a good time to wrap it up. Uh, that's all I've got for the World of Coth Players podcast. Thanks to everybody for hanging out, and we'll talk again in a week. Good night, everybody. Thank you.